0: Welcome back to the I Drink from Skulls podcast. It's your host Matt Smith here, and with me today, it warms my heart. We have the Pimp from Pampa, the Legend from Lubbock, a family man, and one of the guys that got me started in the roofing industry, a family man,
1: Mr. Andrew Ammons. Welcome to the show, my good man. Thank you for having me, Matt. I appreciate it. That's my formal response there, <laughs> but it's been a, it's been a long time, man. I'm just happy to see you. Like outside of the the Facebook comments back and forth, it's it's good to see you again. Ah,
0: let's go.
1: I drink from the drink from the skulls of my enemies.
0: Spend some time.
1: We go back a hot minute, don't we? We do. I was thinking about it before we started the show, and um, I, I still remember, good Lord, was that 2015, maybe 16, uh, some of the first live broadcasts I'd ever done. Uh, we're with you, and we we did some sort of um, uh, we we sure tried to stay consistent with it, um, but we did some Facebook stuff, and um, don't know what we were pushing, what we were promoting. I think we we're just trying to figure the shit out, right? Yeah.
0: <laughs> Back in the day, so, we we're just trying to was. be consistent and get something out there and give some
1: value. So yeah, yeah. So so it's 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 been a minute, and you know what? The last uh, probably three to five years, both of us have gotten pretty damn busy outside of just. Uh, the day-to-day stuff, so have, have lost a little bit of uh, our connection. So if today is just our reconnection, we get to talk again and hang out, I'm, I'm happy. I, it's it served the purpose for me. That's awesome, man. For the people watching along and listening, um, who is Andrew Emmons? Oh, Lord. <laughs> That's a multifaceted question. It depends on the hour of the day. <laughs> um, I am a... Uh, I guess you could call myself a serial entrepreneur. I am a family man, uh, recently discovered. There's a very long period of my life where I really believed that all I was supposed to be about was, was hammering down business, grinding, um, but uh, recently have, have really discovered the joy that I get from being a family man. Um, I would describe myself as, um, gosh, an entrepreneur, um, a dad. A pilot in training, oh, wow. an investor in training, a leader in training. Um, I'm I'm just trying to get better every day and learn and do anything I can do to bring value and create abundance for for the people around me. That's who Andrew is. Wow, that's awesome, man. Yeah,
0: and you've had got a few different businesses, so I'd love
1: to hear a bit more about that. Talk us through. Yeah, that. so um, most well, not most. Everything I do is um, centered around real estate of some sort. So I would I would like to say when people ask me, you know what do you do for a living? It's easiest to just say real estate, but uh, the truth is it's it's all different sides of that. So I met you, of course, way back when I was strictly doing contracting. That was uh, residential roofing when we first, first got together. I currently own a, a commercial roofing company, uh, a commercial uh, building envelope and consulting company. Also got a property management company that is in the residential space. And I'm uh, building a, a real estate portfolio, and uh, nice. working on some kind of startup projects uh, that have to do with uh, machine vision and drones, all relating back to managing real estate portfolios. So healthy mix, but also around real estate. Yeah, well, that makes sense. Love that. Yeah, we yeah, uh, telling that
0: story. is a yeah, no, you too could. much time. <laughs> <laughs> is that what you
1: say to someone at a party? At a bar. I haven't figured out what to say <laughs> to somebody at a party. You know, like. Yeah. What what do you do? It's like, do you have an hour?
0: <laughs> I just say I type words on, on
1: Facebook and troll people and they're like, what? Yeah. That's what I do. You know, I, I have gotten to the point to where when somebody asks me, I say real estate or, or multiple business centered around real estate, which of course always opens up the questions. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. And so. it's
0: that I remember back many years ago when I, I asked you this probably five years ago, but how... How you were able to get some traction, and it was through from memory. It was through relationships in the real estate space initially. Is, is that sort of how you found
1: a, a good mark in the industry? As for as far as
0: roofing goes, yeah, yeah, for roofing,
1: absolutely. Yeah, um, you know, I, I think that when me and you first started doing our work together, I was a little bit seduced by um, some of the marketing ploys and all the people that were out there selling ads and selling leads and all this stuff, and. Not to say at all that there's not major value in that to, to grow and scale your business. However, yes, I mean, the main traction uh, that I got starting out and the traction I continue to gain is through through relationships. I mean, those are the things that tend to catapult you from, from one level of your business to the next. Uh, so, so yes, so the, the, the large work that um, I would have been working on when me and you first met It was it was coming by one of two ways. It was either a relationship, or it was from having the opportunity to do something small for somebody and provide real value that eventually brought that customer up in the value chain into doing larger work for. Yeah, I love that for sure. It applies to any industry,
0: any business. Relationships are key.
1: Yeah, relationships and people. You know, people are always looking, and I think it has to do a lot with what we're trained to believe that our peers are achieving. Uh, through social media, through the lens of social media, people are so trained to go after the big job you know or the or the the big money, whatever that is, yeah I'm not sure what that is yet because it turns out every level that I get to when it pertains to money, there's a somebody with a lot more money around the corner, so whatever that means, a lot of money to to your listener, to you. It just seems to me that everybody chases that and they miss they miss the steps of providing value to somebody in my world whether it is a small uh, leak that you need to fix for somebody or a simple service call to tell somebody what's going on with their roofing system or when the warranty is up, you know, people neglect those things yeah. because they don't, they don't see value in them. And, um, and those people are fucking idiots Yeah, because <laughs> yes. you miss out,
0: man, 100%. you miss out. It's interesting. You say that the number of times we, cause we track and measure, you know, hundreds of calls and leads and things every day. And the number that get missed, the number of, calls that don't get made back number of hot opportunities that just aren't even looked at or alternatively they're shelved to the side for something bigger or
1: better it's just it boggles the mind it's insane there's so much opportunity. so that's there. that's probably one of those things in your business to where it's like you have to coach yeah. people quite frequently it's not the sometimes it's not the number of leads right it's the quality of your of your account managers or sales representatives that are getting back with people yeah yeah we're doing a lot of that now and and it it's the number one
0: thing that we're working on this year because it's so important so
1: it's unbelievable you know the story that i that i always tell people or, or in my team when i'm talking to them about where to well a where to put their focus and also how important just every prospect interaction is is to all the stuff that i just named out you know for you from the 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 drone stuff we're doing to yeah. the building envelope consultant company that manages multiple portfolios that have national reach, um, to the commercial roofing company that's operating, to the landscaping business that uh, just two years ago, my partner bought my equity position Mm -hmm. down to 10% that gave me the ability to invest in big development deals. A lot of this shit came from like small little $3,000 to $2,000 repairs that led me to meet people um, and through consistency and just the understanding of of what value long-term relationships can bring that's that's where a lot of the material success from a standpoint of my business has come from. Yeah. And so people who are throwing away, you know, leads because they they don't think it'll it'll turn out as a replacement or they think that somebody's just shopping. Uh, they they really need to wake up because there's people who are chasing what they see, you know, on Instagram uh, and just always looking for the big stuff. They're missing the small things that those people who have the big stuff did to get there. Yeah. And one of those things is following up on those small leads. Yeah. You gotta call the damn leads. <laughs> <laughs> I sense I sense some level of frustration within you there.
0: Uh, initially, yes. And then it's like, okay, this is the actual problem. This is this is what no one's talking about. This is it's not sexy and this is what we need to focus on. So I love that challenge and and trying to show and educate. business owners that this is where things are falling down and this is what needs fixing so
1: yeah so i think that i don't know if this is a a vein you wanted to travel but i think that it is something that's just so important if if business owners or even sales reps you know happen to to catch this is to yes focus on the leads but but coaching and teaching the lifetime value of a customer yeah you know and, and building your client base one customer at a time take care of them then find the next one. Some of it probably has to do with just the timeline that people envision themselves being in a position, right? They're just, they're looking for that hit, they're looking for the next bit of money. And, um, you know, there's a lot of things that I could attribute to what little success I believe I have, because I I don't believe I've gotten, had a lot of success, I got a long way to go and very little time to do it in. But a few of the little successes I have had um, can definitely be attributed to doing what's right, uh, following up on the leads, and uh, making sure to take care of people very humble there
0: sir and we, we certainly appreciate that but you you definitely have experienced some success and um, in an, in a not heavily perp- like a not it's not a very populated area where you've you've experienced a lot of success so from memory there were, there have been years you've you've crossed the 20 mil per year mark calculated that up it, it's it's quite a lot over the period of time you've been in business so that advice is um is is so important And I think uh, there needs to be a lot more focus on it. So I really appreciate you sharing that. Absolutely. Yeah. I want to do a bit of uh, word association with your, or maybe phrase association here. Uh, A couple of inside jokes, but I'm sure people once they listen along and get to know (laughs) me a bit more and yourself, they'll, they'll figure it out. So when I say, I'm going to say a couple of things to you. I want just want you to hit me back. Wait, is this, is this a game we're about to play here? (laughs) A little bit, a little bit. Just hit me back Ooh. with whatever comes to mind. So when I say, can I get a draw? What do you think? Tim Nusbeck. <laughs> when I say, where's Kevin with his $2 leads? What, what, what? I can't remember. <laughs> you can't
1: remember? I, I, it's somewhere within me, but I cannot remember what that was. Yeah. <laughs> Where, who the hell was Kevin? Kevin. He. That was a dude.
0: Kevin, it is an actual guy, but it, it, it's like a, <laughs> just think of Kevin as the typical marketer who was in roofing yep. groups saying, oh, I can get you $2 leads or free leads or whatever it was. Yeah. Um, and I've so he, far removed, is that still, is is Kevin still around? Uh, he probably is. He's probably blocked <laughs> us all, but it's just that it, it stands for the typical marketer who's talking bullshit. It's like, and, it's yeah. like a Karen, Yeah. but it's a Kevin. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and this guy happens, his name actually is Kevin, but he, you called him out. You were like, okay, we'll buy 10,000 of them if you've got, leads and he ghosted and just created this whole thing. It was kind of funny. Never showed up again. (laughs) Not in our circle. (laughs) No, no. (laughs) And last thing, what the hell were we thinking getting into this uh, roofing, advertising,
1: marketing, Facebook thing all those years ago? I don't know. You know, (laughs) you remember when this all started, um, we were in uh, Stuman's Mastermind Group. I don't even remember what it was called at the time. Yeah, And um, I I believe I told you, that after I spent a weekend in Dallas with Tim Nusbeck and a couple other roofers, I had concluded, actually, I'm not a roofer. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is not what I am, and not to say that like Tim didn't become a great friend and, and enjoy a lot of people in the industry, uh, but I, I, I decided I'm not. Uh, I'm not a roofer. I'm not crazy enough to be a roofer. <laughs> and you were, but then you it sucked were, you right in. There
0: were some big players there too, from memory. That you were networking with, and but you you weren't wild enough, is that right? What's that? You weren't wild enough to be to consider yourself. No, no, no.
1: <laughs> the stories that I heard, and of course, there's 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 different types of roofers, right? There yep. is the there's the storm chasing roofer, which would be the crazy roofer, and I love those guys. Uh, there would be the new construction roofer that's a little bit more um, a different world, uh, and then you've got just the people who more catch the storms and do a little bit of insurance work, a little bit of retail work. And, uh, the people that I used to get to realize I went from a town of 14,000 people yeah. where I started and believed that I knew kind of what storm chasing was and all that and got dropped right into the middle of a group of people who'd done it nationally with, with a bunch of crazies, you know, <laughs> the sales, <laughs> not necessarily the people I met, yeah. but, uh, uh, there's some crazy people in the sales world and you know that by now. Yeah. Yeah, so and that was my stories of bar fights and girls in New York City and all kinds of stuff. I was like, this ain't, I I didn't, I didn't know this came with the whole <laughs> roofing deal.
0: <laughs> uh, it's insane.
1: <laughs> that was my
0: introduction to the roofing industry. I'd before that, I'd just yeah, I had no, I had no recollection or much knowledge about it at all. So learning from the from world class best, it was crazy. Yeah, but you guys have a fair amount of weather over there, don't you? We do, we do. We just don't have shingles. We have all our roofs in Australia are um, either metal, tin,
1: or or tile, predominantly. So somewhere along the way, somebody got smart. Instead of in Texas, Oklahoma, New Mexico, where we're at, marketing took hold yeah. more along the lines of marketing by shingle manufacturers and roofers to keep putting the same shit on that keeps getting hailed out. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so so Australians are just smarter. <laughs>
0: However I think if if with an American sort of hard edge in the Australian market you'd do extremely well because no one not many people hit doors here there's not a lot of marketing for roofing there's not a lot of educate like you'd have to educate them from the ground up. I remember right. showing you guys I had hail damage back in 2017 no one's ever seen me come like come and talk to me about replacing my roof uh, right just a complete different industry so. Different world, right? Different world, yeah. There's no, there's no roofers driving Ferraris in
1: Australia, unfortunately. (laughs) There's not many that should be driving them here. (laughs) (laughs) Just an opinion. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Fair enough. (laughs) Um, I'm just gonna have a quick look at some questions I've got for you, my man. Sure, bring them. We've talked, you know, just before we sort of mentioned that you you've been you've done some decent decent numbers in a small town, um, and then you've sort of Expanded that. Um, what did that process look like?
1: As far as scaling and 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 building, and I, and I, I assume we're talking more about the, the the roofing company, correct? Roofing, and then also the
0: landscaping and and things like that.
1: Well, you know, the 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 process for landscaping versus roofing very different, and I, I would I would like to say that I learned it. You know the right way with landscaping and then just carried that into the roofing side of things, but I didn't. I'll go back to the conversation of um, being a little bit more seduced by people who I believe were getting the results that I wanted. And, and you know what? Tim Nussbeck is one of those people and, and, and nothing whatsoever against Tim or his brothers, Aspen or any of the other ones. But I can tell you that, um, that I would have scaled a lot faster. Uh, I would have been more profitable and had more success had I continued doing Andrew, continued doing me, the way I do things, the way I'm effective with small little refinements from what I learned from other people. Uh, So it's an odd place to start, but I will say that I'll start with, I could have done it a lot faster and a lot more effectively had I not gotten so distracted by other people who I believed had success and began mirroring everything they were doing. I'm a firm believer that as a business owner, the business owner themselves is always the chokehold on the business, right? The level of personal development and the amount that they know themselves. And so I was asked actually on a friend's podcast uh, a couple of weeks ago, and this this topic came up, oddly enough. Mm. And uh, they asked me about success and about, you know, the 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 road to get there and and what what I did and what I didn't do. And I, I keep going back. It's kind of a constant theme lately to I could have gotten so much further, so much faster if I would have known myself better. Yeah. And what I mean that is like what were my emotional triggers? What what caused me to treat people good versus treat people bad? And you know, as soon as you figure out who you are as a person, what drives you, what motivates you, that's when you you really do have the ability to go in and put together an organization with a strong set of core values, a strong set of, you know, marketing Department and how you want to do things and what speaks to you. So I will preface it with, regardless of what strategy any of your listeners or you hear, you got to know yourself first. Because if you don't, you'll be like me, who really didn't know who I was, what I was, what I stood for, what I didn't stand for. Uh, and if you're like that, then you just you just try to pick up anything and everything to grow your business. And if those things aren't congruent with you, then they won't work for you. Yeah, it's like. The shit that works for Pat Nussbaek does not work for me. Yeah, the stuff that works for some of the guys that I met in Apex early on, that doesn't work for me. That's not that's not who I am. It's not how I operate. Yeah, um, that's great advice so
0: for any it's, industry, it's, any person, whether they're a business owner in sales or
1: any anything in life, really. It is. I wish that somebody would have taught me that sooner. You know, we so frequently, as as business owners, entrepreneurs, or managers, we go to workshops or seminars and. We always want to go hear the latest thing. What's the, what's the, the latest marketing strategy or the latest widget, the, the most recent follow-up campaign, or how do I get five stars or whatever the fuck it is? I don't even know on Google. You know, what, what is the, what is the mechanism that I do? What is the machine that I need to learn? And, um, you know, business in general, so little of it is, is, are those things. It's so much about the people and who you are and what you're doing. And your own, I guess, um, your own mode of operating as a person that really causes success. Yeah, what i found. Yeah, I
0: think back to some of my own experiences. One of my best friends has built um, an advertising business, and his he's got a really big business with lots of staff, and I'm so proud of him and happy for him. But that that model isn't what's right for me. Um, mm-hmm. And we often talk about that. You know, he's got, he's got excellent revenue, big big team, and the Pressure and stress that comes along with that, whereas our model is is a lot more nimble and right. just working with with the number of people that we want and choose. So it's it's really about what's right for the individual and their circumstance.
1: Well, I've got to I've got to commend you for knowing that and realizing that because yeah. because I didn't. Yeah. And um, you know, going back to. What did that look like growing and beginning to, I would say grows, uh, growing, scaling, and then diversifying what I do. Cause it's, it's, it's definitely threefold. I've not started a roofing into a business or just one business and trying to scale it to a billion dollars. I mean, I hope each organization that I, that I start, uh, and, and get going grows, but it's, for me, it's about starting scaling it and then diversifying into other things. Okay. And, um, I could have done that a lot sooner had I had I stayed true to my original plan. So if you take this back uh, all the way back to when I probably best would be 2016 2017 uh, because you know there's a decade before that we could talk about. But if we want to talk about the roofing organization and kind of the scaling side of it, I had started to get some pretty good traction in 2017 yeah. in the larger residential multifamily space and commercial. Um, Side of things personally, I was not not necessarily a large sales team. Between me, my brother, a couple other close sales reps that were working, we were putting up some larger numbers. We were moving from the you know a couple million dollar mark to five million up to six million, and that would have been right about the time where I was gaining some of those key relationships you mentioned a second ago. Uh, Asset managers that were higher up in these organizations, I was beginning to learn a little bit more about what a centrally controlled portfolio of real estate even was. (laughs) For me, I always thought it was like some wealthy person down the road from the apartment complex that owned it. I didn't know any better. So I, I was beginning to learn these things and beginning to put some of these more, I guess, higher level decision makers in my Rolodex when... I, again, I don't know why I keep going back to this, but became influenced by the flash and the big trucks and the wraps on your vehicles and all this stuff. And I met a couple of people that you and I met in masterminds that were, they were at that point doing 10 plus million, maybe 20 million, 30 million. Yep. And, and, and I met Tim Nusbeck who his brothers and he had built a, a $80 million roofing company. Right. Crazy. And, and so as i as i watched there were some commonalities with those guys and i am a firm believer in success leaves clues and that we should follow what other people do but what i did is i ignored the process or the progress that i was making in a totally different space than them yeah these two groups that i'm talking about they were hardcore door knockers, man. Like they built large sales teams and it was like call and follow up with a client till they buy or die. Right. And, and, and I'm not saying I'm against that strategy. It's a beautiful strategy that works. Uh, yeah, (laughs) I love it. And, and, and I do too. So don't, don't think I'm taking that in a total different direction, but that's how they built those businesses. Whereas what I was doing is I was calling clients till they, till they buy it or died. I was, I was following up. I was building all of that stuff but I was also, I was discovering a new way of communicating and bringing these clients in that would make them captive. Mm. As, in other words, instead of doing one job in an apartment complex somewhere, I found the avenue and I built something that's totally outside of roofing that would allow me to capture an, a hundred property portfolio and, and be able to do their work all across the country just through me and a little bit of a back-end staff, some advertising, some things like that. But I was just on the precipice and I didn't realize I was I was finding this out yet. And I became influenced by somebody else, by yeah. what I perceived the success I wanted. And I, I changed everything. I changed our marketing. I changed our, our look. I hired this big sales team of people. It created an immense amount of, of uh, mental stress, emotional stress, relational stress with my wife, financial stress. It it drove me up into a point in 2019 to where the business, which was, which was established business, was struggling. Mm. It was struggling financially. It was struggling operationally, and it was a moment of the owner, myself, having an identity crisis. Right? Wow. I was running the right. I was running the right trap. I knew what I was doing, and then I allowed some other things to get in the way. And so in 2018, 19. Realize that very quickly, uh, spent a lot of time uh, whiteboarding and putting the, the process back together that I was accidentally, I you know, was running on, but I kind of pulled off of. And uh, since about 2019 up into, what is it, 2023 now, have stayed consistent running that play. And what has come from that is we've built a strong new construction department. Uh, that does their thing in the roofing business. We've got a service department that does all service and repairs. It's on track to almost catch my project side of things. And it has also caused me to really understand on a deeper level, the needs of larger portfolio managers. And that's where some of the other products and companies I mentioned at the start of this call came through. Wow. So that's a very short version of of what it looks like. Yeah. Yeah. What was the, was there a moment where you figured that out? Like
0: if you could go back in time and not make that mistake um, or go through that massive struggle, which is easy to say now, because you've been through right. it, but what would be, like, how would you do it differently?
1: I think what I would do, I, I, would, I wouldn't change anything from a standpoint of joining the, the and you could call it a mastermind, but joining some of the coaching groups, being exposed to other contractors being, you know, working with you on 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 building our our leads and our advertising, I wouldn't take any of that back. I think that what I would do is just be a bit more mindful of the fact that this shit takes time. Yeah. And that just because I meet somebody even if I do tomorrow who's doing 50 million dollars more than me, it doesn't mean that I can't get there, but it but but there is some level of time and knowledge And building that has to be done to get there. So, I think that I think that if I could go backwards, I would study those people. I would uh, be a bit more mindful about again who I was as a a person. And here's a key thing for me: the way that I sell, the way that I provide value to people, I'm a very strategic thinker. Now, I don't mean that necessarily like I'm smart. It's just I'm, I'm strategic. I'm very analytical. I need to personally feel like I'm solving a big problem for somebody for me to be my best. Yeah. So that's that's how I bring value. So when I made the the incorrect turn down this path of thinking we're just going to be door knocking heroes, I'm going to have a 30 person sales team, I'm going to rally the troops, and we're going to have these sales meetings and all this stuff, and it's to be like buy buy buy, sell sell sell. That's not who I am. Yeah. And 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 so. I should have known that early on, and I, I'm and, and built a more systematic company like I have now, that 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 is purely built upon relationships, more um, automated sales processes, uh, with some of the similar, probably some of the stuff that you do now. We need to reconnect on these things, mm-hmm. um, but less about having this like sales culture of of a bunch of individuals who are out banging down the doors. Yeah, just a very convoluted way to answer the question. Yeah, but uh, I I definitely would have. Just paused a little bit and realized that you don't necessarily have to change as a person to get similar results of the people that you look up to.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's massive. Um, There's so many good
1: nuggets in that. So I really appreciate you sharing. Yeah.
0: I can't answer a question just like (laughs) with one answer. One thing, (laughs) one thing we do, my wife and I, uh, we go, we went through a book called Traction, and it's, it's probably one of the best. I think that's why I don't have. That comparison to others um, anywhere near as much as I used to, but it's a very clear game plan on on how to operate and how to be intentional with with every area of business from your vision, your core values, and then having a ten year plan three or ten year picture three year plan one year and then yeah and then quarterly rock so that 's how we've done it and I know you have a very similar process to that just seems like and to be fair the uh the bright lights, the flashiness, the, the fast cars, it's hard not to fall into that trap because they are everywhere in, in, in the sort of networks that we, we were exposed to back in those days. So, um,
1: And don't get me wrong. I mean, here's what's so cool. Don't get me wrong. I still want those things. Oh, yeah. Okay? Yeah. But here's the thing. Once you, once you really establish who you are, what you want, and you're focused on your shit, on your business you find so much more joy in having larger amounts of cash in your company's bank of accounts. You found, you find so much more joy when you get a big win, being able to go invest in real estate or invest in something. That's like, look at this. Okay. Here's the thing. nothing on my, nothing on my wrist, right? I got, I got my little girl's stuff here. <laughs> when I met you and we were working together two or three years ago, I had a Rolex Submariner. Uh, I don't know what car I was driving. It was probably too nice, but like, when you fall into your purpose and you fall into like really trying to build an organization that's taking care of people and scaling and making money, all that shit fades away. Like I don't, I don't want it. So about two years ago, no, a year ago, I sold that Rolex for cash, put it in the safe, not because I needed the cash, but because of what that watch represented to me. Yeah. What that watch represented was me stretching for some stupid thing on my wrist. And, and again, not that watches are stupid. Yeah. Yeah. Because I will have a day day presidential all gold. <laughs> it nice. is like the ultimate fuck you money watch. <laughs> when it is time for that? Yeah. But but what's interesting is when you fall into to what I am feel for myself as real success, and 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 that being a constant pursuit to just be a better version of me, to take care of my family, to be financially strong enough that if ACR needs an investment from me personally, I can do it. That's fucking success. It's not a Ferrari. It's yeah. not a Rolex watch. It's none of that shit. It's it's being able to provide, create wealth, and abundance for people. And none of those things that, you know, like you said, we saw coming into this, those don't necessarily provide it. They don't take it away. And and I want to just make sure it's not taken out of context. Like I've I love nice things. I've got friends that have a lot of nice things. I have a few nice things myself, but that's not what it's about. And I just want to stress that falling victim to somebody else's Instagram filter and, and letting that drive business decisions is like the worst mistake you can make.
0: Yeah. That's such a great takeaway. And the, that's the other thing for, for that other individual who does have the Ferrari, that might be success to them. So that's why they've done that. We don't know yeah, the story. Yeah.
1: So I love it. Yeah. Man. Like my, it my business partner, he's got a, a beautiful um, new Range Rover and went and test drove with him. Uh, a g-wagon the other day and i'm I mean, the artistry of those cars i love them yeah i love that he likes that so i'm for it yeah i'm for whatever the fuck you want yeah gold teeth maybe <laughs> let's do it i couldn't get a ferrari up my driveway it'd scrape out pretty bad but
0: we do have a range rover <laughs> and funny story about that we just told our car guy go and get us something nice for the family we just had uh-huh. uh, had a ute and uh i had a roofer's ute just to try and fit in and we're like, we've got a new new baby on the way. We need something nice. Yeah. That's what he came back with. And it was a great business deal. It was a full tax write-off. And it just happens to be a Range Rover. It's a beautiful car. But yeah, that that's why I got it. I didn't really think too much about
1: it. <laughs> is it a long wheelbase or the short one? It's probably just the normal. My wife's is just the, the normal uh it's just the normal Range Rover, right? <laughs> Mm-hmm. But we've been looking, and the, the long wheelbase gives you, I think, like six, seven other extra inches in that back seat. Because uh, putting a putting a child yeah. in that back seat, it tapers down. You know, the whole sexiness of the car is that it tapers down in the back. It's kind of hard to get a child back there. Yeah, yeah.
0: We have a volar- these are real
1: problems we have. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'd
0: love to hear about how you've um, not pivoted, but you've you've built on the roofing and construction business and landscaping. To now be well, like very well rounded in in the other areas that you've done. How did you like? You saw an opportunity there, and you wanted to strengthen and solidify or diversify. Seems like it just made sense.
1: I'd love to hear more about that. Yeah, combination of things. So I've, again, I I describe myself a lot of times as like a a, a um, just a fire starter, and <laughs> I can't always manage the fire. Like I can't always make sure it, it stays lit. But I've always had a desire to to have multiple organizations, to be able to grow and create opportunity. So some of it is just, some of it has been that, but some of it has been just as I have, again, learned how my customer operates and what their needs are, I've had, I've felt a requirement to rebrand and rechange some things so or, or reorganize some things. So, you know, the, the landscaping deal, I started that operation because I found out real quick that I personally did not want to be in sales my entire life. Um, I wanted, it, again, we go back to this, the conversation of congruency, who I am as a person. So I, start, I had been doing roofing sales. That's where I started, was knocking doors, uh, residential roofing sales. That's where I made my first bit of money to be able to support me and my girlfriend at the time, now wife. Uh, but I started the landscaping company and I ran that for probably nine to 10 years. I had a dream of building uh, a very refined, organization that really understood the bigger picture of what they were doing for clients. Our, our tagline was create, enhance, maintain. And everything about it was enhancing the quality of life for our customers in the outdoors. That's, that was what we were there to do. I always preach to my team and taught, listen, we're not there just to mow grass. We're there to provide a better quality of life. And there's a there's a lot of stories that I can tell in relation to people's stress levels and just how they operate when they're in clean environments, but that was the whole goal. So I ran that business for nine or 10 years. And truthfully, that's not a story of me being like a, a wildly wise person. I built it to the point that I hated it. I was so tired of it. I was so worn out with dealing with customer complaints. It just, I built a, a very... Uh, strenuous relationship with that business. I gave it a lot of my younger uh, years, yeah. uh, from waking up at four a.m. and staying up at the office till ten o'clock at night. I got to the point to where I had a key player that I, I walked into the office one day, set him down. I said, "His name's Ben. He's now my business partner." Who fast forward a few years later, he bought the company from me. Yeah. But one day, I sat down with him and I said, "Ben, I will let this motherfucker burn to the ground." Yeah, how I feel about this. Or if you want to take it on you want to start to run it, I will I will support you. I will be there. Luckily, I was blessed with him in my life. He was there. He was ready to take on. And we built that. We continue to build that company for four or five years. But the first step in that whole constellation, if you will, is is was kind of divorcing myself a little bit from the landscaping company and getting into the commercial roofing space. Gotcha. So that first one was just like, I built a company to the point that it was no longer something that I wanted to do. I, f- I felt much bigger and larger opportunity, uh, some of it from a cash standpoint and a money standpoint bigger numbers in in the roofing side of things yeah. so I started doing that and mm-hmm. built that business and then the next kind of pivot that that you would you would call that there is that after I discovered that I didn't want to have a 50 person sales team and and deal and, and run my business in that, area, I began to meet and understand property managers, asset managers, CFOs, and people who made decision at the real estate investment trust level and the property fund level for these big centrally controlled portfolios. So I started to really understand what their true need was. And as soon as I understood that, I realized that they don't so much respond to roofers all the time. Yeah. And And initially... One of the pivots that I made was just rebranding uh, a different organization to provide a different product that I can't necessarily speak about on on this show yeah. that, that was a little bit more sophisticated and a little bit broader scope than just the roofing side of things. And so continue to build the roofing company, but that would have been a divergence from just doing roofing and really found a level of passion inside of again solving a bigger problem. And so that little pivot there was more just following the customer need. What what do they really need? Yeah. And you know, I think that the mark of any good salesman or any good business owner is that they are just obsessed with solving their customers' needs. And um, and I've always heard that. I've always believed that. So that's what I I continue to, to try to do. So that would have been a, a pivot that we made. And then of course, we can fast forward through a couple of the other businesses, but essentially it was it was similar. Yeah. After we started working with some of these, these real estate investment trusts, uh, we realized that there were national roofing groups and other organizations that had massive reaches that didn't have the tools that we'd built yeah. from a financial standpoint. So we began to uh, white label, and provide services for some very large national groups. Um, again, all to the end of trying to solve a bigger problem. That's that. And how did you figure out what they really needed?
0: I know you mentioned you were, it, it took you to getting in into bed with them and learning more about it.
1: It them. started with my frustrations yeah. as a contractor, as somebody who was trying to communicate to some somebody something as simple as um, – you have hail damage and all your units are leaking. Why in the hell aren't you replacing, you know, your roofing system? Yeah. That would have been one of the things that just my own frustration of trying to get in front of people and, uh, rather, I guess than just hammering that same person or, or hammering 30 people. It was a, it was a built in curiosity in me, I suppose. Yeah. As to, okay, why, what is the reasoning? And then a willingness to accept if the issue was, something other than what i believed right so without getting very descriptive there what i mean by that is just going and asking the right questions having an insatiable appetite to understand another person thinking there's no way there's somebody sitting somewhere who's just avoiding taking care of this property so what is it yeah. is it a is it a budgeting issue is it do they have a national roofer do they have so i just dug and dug and dug until i got a little bit more at the core at, at how these organizations work yeah Gives you opportunity to build relationships. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. The the you recognize there is a big problem,
0: and then through f- pure frustration and curiosity, you're wanting to dig deeper until you until you solve it, not giving up until you do.
1: And it's it's a it's a, a dichotomy of how a person operates because. W- we typically start with things in sales or whatever it is to serve ourselves. Fair enough, like we go out and we're going to, to, to sell a roof or sell whatever it is so that we can make a commission for ourselves. But somewhere along the way, the greats figure out that actually what I'm here to do is is to contribute. I'm here to understand. I mean, we hear all the time, uncover their pain point, right? In In, a, in some sort of bullet point list of how you sell. And I think all the losers out there they, they take that as just a list and a script of what they're supposed to do instead of understanding that the people that are wiping their ass with the, you know, wiping their floor, with whatever the fuck the terminology <laughs> is, kicking their ass, yeah. are actually, you know, digging to understand the other person yeah. and solve a problem. That's right. That's the mark of a real salesperson <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. They're, they're looking for ways that they can provide more value than the other person. And now
0: you're getting some, some fantastic leverage out of being very holistic in your approach to roofing construction real estate yeah i got
1: some big stuff coming up man
0: well then the question Um, must be asked that i kind of put out there earlier can i get a goddamn draw
1: (laughs) the draw is coming (laughs) (laughs) hey man it's been five or six years in the making (laughs) i think you got a draw on the way (laughs) i'll always ask even if it's just for
0: a joke (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah what's um what's a question i should have asked
1: you but haven't oh my gosh a question that you should have asked me that you haven't Let's see. We covered, we covered personal development, the the chokehold on, on any business as the owner. Yeah. We covered uh, being yourself. You asked me for a draw. <laughs> Man, I think we covered it. Covered it all? I think we got it.
0: <laughs> can- Unless there's
1: something you, you want to ask that you just haven't.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, no. We've, I think we've gone through um, all the different areas and given a lot of value today. Where can people find you and connect with
1: you? Yeah, the best place is andrewammons.com, a website set up that send everybody to Instagram or wherever they want to go. Um, At Andrew C. Ammons on Instagram is where I put most of my content out, try to be consistent with it. So that's that's best. You can follow along this year. Any final words, final thoughts before we wrap things up? I don't think so. Just to actually, you know, to the business owner out there, I would say who is constantly feeling a level of, comparative sadness (laughs) because you're constantly watching everybody else. Half of the people that you are comparing yourself to are full of shit. Yeah. And the other half, maybe they've got it, but they had to go through exactly what you're going through right now to get there and just keep fucking going. Yeah. That's all I've got. I love
0: it. Mr. Andrew Ammons, you've been fantastic. Thank you for joining the I Drink from Skulls podcast. That's a wrap. We'll see you on the next episode.